Hey guys, what is up, and welcome back to the show. <clears throat> now today, we have, I don't really know, we're really just going to be talking today, I mean, probably some NBA, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Carlos Alcaraz and him possibly being the next big thing, Um, maybe some NBA, uh, especially the Heat versus the Sixers, not basically partially because of Joel Embiid coming back just to see that goes. Um, but anyways, before we get into that, just uh so I don't so next week I have preps and states for tennis. Not next week, so preps is next week. And I think states is the following week. So next week it's uh lines one through it's like flighted draws for the top six and top three. So and then the top eight go out early, like leave school early. So because preps start at like I don't know, like 12 something, I think. And so I'm number seven, so I go out. And so I think that is kind of funny, maybe cool and funny at the same time. Say something happens to like the line one, our line one. That means since I'm first in line, I got to go play line one because it would mess up the other flighted draws because it's flighted draws for the one through sixes. So like there's a draw for number ones for in the prep league. There's draws for number twos in the prep league, threes, fours, fives, and sixes. So it can't really just switch that up and move people up. Um, but anyways, also, where would you want to live? If there was a place that you could decide where you wanted to live, where would that be? Now, for me, it would be South Florida. Obviously, it's pretty expensive. I think it's expensive to live there. Um, but I got the heat in my backyard. I'd probably eventually become a Dolphins fan if I lived there long enough. Um, and see, that's the only problem with me in liking sports teams that aren't nearby so if i lived in south florida uh it would be charlotte and charlottesville which is far away from that and then that's and then if i lived still in if i lived in virginia um that it would be uh charlottesville which is nearby but then south florida which is all the way down to south florida but really i'm just the reason why it would be there is because i'm just a warm weather fan um and I just like the beach. That's just my my type of thing. And if I really had to, if I like couldn't move there right away after I was on my own, I was like twenty five or twenty six or twenty four or whatever. Um, then uh, I would probably see the move would be for me is if I didn't have so much money, it was either like just buy a small apartment and see. It doesn't even have to be on the beach for me either. It just has to be drivable to a beach because the I've known I've gone to South Florida a lot. I've seen a lot of like small condos, apartments type things that are literally right on top of the beach. Those things could get pretty expensive. Um, but but yeah, that 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 that's where I would want to live. Uh, but anyways, Happy Mother's Day! It is that day, Sunday, May eighth. Um, and I'm recording this at seven seventeen a.m. Um, be sure to do some good things for Mother's Day today. Um, I and I hope you enjoy your day. Hope mothers enjoy the day. Um. But anyway, so we're definitely we're gonna talk about Miami Heat versus 76ers, how important Joel Embiid is. Um, how they also got fined. Um, Heat didn't play very good. Uh good D and bad offensively. So that's those are a few of the things that we're gonna talk about with that game. We'll probably do some updates with my other things, um, and talk about maybe my predictions, see how good how well they're going. Um and really how things I think the Sixers played well, but a lot of things went right for them in that game too. So that's a lot of it. 
uh, maybe some tennis stuff. But anyways, hope, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to follow if you do. Um, thank you so much for the huge support over the course of the last week. Hope it continues. And I will, let's just get right into the episode. Hey guys, how's it going? And uh, so the first thing that we're going to start talking about for this is uh, the Heat and 76ers game three. So the 76ers take this game by 20 points um, and really behind not really anyone in particular, but it really, in my opinion, the 76ers with, with Joel Embiid coming back, this series is going to get a lot closer, but I still believe in this game, I don't think a single one of these games, it doesn't matter where it was being played, whether it was FTX or Wells Fargo Center, none of these games should be a 20-point game. Um, And really, I think, I think the Sixers did a, quite a few good things. I don't think, I think Joel Embiid had a good game. I don't think Joel Embiid had like an MVP game. Um, We'll get a little bit more into him in a second. But I want to start off with the fact that the Heat as a team shot 35%, which is 21 or 27 of 77. Only made 7 of 33s, 18 of 24 from the free throw line. And really nobody... Nobody. Jimmy Butler had a good game. He shot over 50%. I don't want to take away from that. I mean, he had a great game, 33 points. He was the really, he was really, it took him a minute. It took him into the second half for him to get going. But, but really, he didn't really miss many shots in the second half. Um, But other than him, um, Bam with two for nine, Max Struess three of 11. um, And he had some, he had, multiple wide open three point attempts that he missed and it, even in a 20 point game had he made like three more of those uh 82 85 88 it's an 11 point game already instead um and just the offensive consistency of the heat just was abysmal it was not nothing was going to get it going they brought it within a few points like midway through the third quarter um because they their defense was consistent all night. That that's what I want to talk. I mean, Danny Green hit some shots. Um, but again, more on him in a second. We'll talk about the Sixers in a minute. Um, this consistency of the offense, like Tyler Hero and uh, Max Struess came in. They hit like four or five threes within a few minutes. I think it was in that third quarter. Tyler Hero just came down, pulled up a couple of times, and hit him. But then they never came back again. Like, it's. 
like those two threes that Tyler Hero hit back to back, he would miss five other ones, miss ten total shots, and those were the only two threes that he would make. See, they had some flashes of brilliance on the offensive end, but seventy nine points already isn't gonna cut it. But the consistency is where it was. It wasn't necessarily the offense as a whole. It was more the consistency. They would they would um they would allow the defense to keep them into the game. The Heat's defense kept them in the game for a bit. Um, and they would make some shots, get it within a few points, but it was just not sustained at all. Um, and so that's really the problem with the Heat last night, or not last night, Friday night, um, is the fact that they played fine on the defensive end of the ball. The 76ers didn't do anything really special. There are some things that seem to go right that might not happen again this series. Um, like, if we move over to the 76ers, like, I don't see how Danny Green and Tyrese Maxey are combining for 12 of 15 from three, which is 3, 6, 9, 12, 80% over two players on 15 attempts. Do I think they're very good? Yes. Do I think they're going to make an impact the rest of the series? Yes, I do. Do I think that they're going to shoot 83% and uh, 77% from three again? No. Maybe maybe they'll have a game where they shoot close to 50%, or maybe a little more than 50%, but they're not shooting 83% and 77% and like 80% as a total uh, consistently. Now, we know how good Tyrese Maxey is and Danny Green when he gets hot. He's more hot and cold, which is the other thing about Danny Green. He'll have 20 points this game, but he might not score the next game. And really, he was just on fire on Friday night. Like, he made some shots hands in his face like he was jumping like if anything it might have been an and one one of them uh the one for the corner I'm not sure because he might have impeded his landing a little bit but I don't know um and you wonder for the heat as well how much of an impact does Duncan Robinson will he have because I'm not I don't think he's played this series um I've obviously watched all the games but he has not played in this series at all I don't think no he is not um wait has he no, no, there's no way he has. I don't think he has, but but you wonder with that. He can give you – his stats aren't, like, like mind-blowing. They don't wow you, but they – he can get that 30-point game off of, like, eight threes at any moment, and he could just come in and get you that offensive consistency when you need it, um, which is something that the Heat might need the rest of the series, although this is the first game where they've really had trouble. Um, and also, I would like to see Bam Adebayo be a little bit more aggressive, which could be possible. I, I wonder if they're addressing that. Um, and so Joel Embiid, 13-point point differential, like plus 13-point differential uh, with when he's playing for the Sixers. And it's really not only him producing, it's more – it's a lot of it is being his presence. Like defenses are already going to have – be like, oh, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid. Like so it can help get other guys open. Um, but then afterwards, the Sixers are smacked with a $50,000 fine for what is the same thing that, uh, the Suns did with Devin Booker back in game six, before game six, um, in uh, in the first round against the Pelicans. They've, they say that they didn't disclose his injury, uh, very well at all and not in a very timely manner. So, which he didn't do anything that I would say is necessarily like game changing. Yeah, he played well, but it wasn't like a thirty point Embiid night. But you wonder like what like what what does the league do about that? Like 
Can't you report and make big players? It's not like the whole league is injured at once. So I wonder if there's more they could do to prevent that from happening, especially in a playoff game. Because I'm not saying you shouldn't shouldn't have been able to play, but what if this had they known about this violation before? Maybe he wasn't going to be able to play, and that could have changed the outcome. Um, but anyways, I mean, also I will say, even as a Heat fan, I I still I still have the Heat winning the series unless they play like that again. But with Joel Embiid coming back, I am looking forward to the rest of the series because if Joel Embiid didn't come back after Game Two, the series was going to be over. Like Joel Embiid, I mean, not saying that the the, the Sixers are bad, just the Heat are such a deeper team, such a better team when they don't have Joel Embiid on the on the floor. And so just the series now gets more interesting, especially since it being two to one instead of three to zero, because three zero obviously no one's ever come back from that before. Um but yeah that that's the heat in the 76ers. They just really the main storylines are some good things went well for some shooters on the Sixers. Joel Embiid comes back. Um the Heat and just didn't play well, and so interesting to see how Game Four plays out tonight at eight o'clock. Um, but also now moving on, Carlos Alcaraz, he's already in the top ten, and now while Nadal and Djokovic were a bit rusty, obviously Djokovic only playing a couple of tournaments total this year, and this is like his second tournament in a bit. Um, Carlos Alcaraz has been able to play all year. Nadal, the the Madrid Madrid was his first tournament coming back from his rib issue. Um, so you wonder whether or not they could he could still beat him. I'm not has Carlos Alcaraz versus Djokovic. I'm not sure he's ever played him before. Yeah, no, that was the first time that they've ever played. Um, so this is, this is just something that's interesting to, to to think about. Like Carlos Alcaraz, he's only 18. And he's already top 10 in the world. He's going to be contending today for a Masters 1000 title. Already has an ATP 500 title under his belt. And I'm a fan of him. I think he knows when to step up, how to step up in big moments. And so that's something that, that that's huge for a champion. Like like something that I noticed with David Golfin when I was watching Nadal play him. Um, he struggled. Like he missed a winner. He clearly, he like short, he like didn't swing all the way through. Like he was clearly nervous on match point, like on the match points that he had. Like he was clearly, he knew he was right there, but he was clearly like, like tensing up a little bit. Alcaraz at 6-5 in that third set tiebreaker, he, it was his third match point. He grasped it. He had a very nice serve, but kind of a risky serve. Um, Had it been out, it would have been a second serve for Djokovic. We know how good of a returner Djokovic is. Um, But then he finished it off with a winner up the line. So, Obviously, he got Djokovic and Nadal when they weren't at their top form. But if you look back at I'm Nadal favorite player by the way, but when you look back at Miami when Nadal played Alcaraz, Nadal still won, obviously. But that was full strength Nadal third set. So is Alcaraz the next thing for Spanish tennis? Not only Spanish tennis, is he kind of a next number one the next couple of years? For me, it'll be interesting to see whether he can do some good things. Like just just learn the ways of the tour a little bit more, if you know what I mean. And kind of, and I don't know, like on the pro tour, it's, it's more, it's kind of, you have to be good, but he's going to have to work on his fitness. Like people have talked about, and his coaches, that he, he 
he breathes a lot in between points. Like his his uh endurance fitness ne- needs to be better, which he's only 18, so he's got time to fix that. He's already winning now. Um, and and uh th- whether or not he can keep up the consistency, because obviously he could have a he could have 20 more years. That's just crazy to think about. He could be around for 20 more years. That's just, I, I don't know what to say about that. Like, it's so weird. Like, he's only 18. He's in the top 10. I, I'm 14. Just, I play tennis. I think I'm pretty good. But this man's a pro, and he's only four years older than me. Not only a pro, he's top 10. Um, And so, just consistency. But I, he's something that was, someone that was worth mentioning for me. He's already in the finals of Madrid now. Uh, I don't think he's going to win the French Open yet. Yet. Do I think he's going to be a Grand Slam champion? A multiple-time Grand Slam champion? Yes. I'm just not sure he's there yet. I think even if Djokovic and Nadal and more more experienced players aren't playing at the top of their game, because it's a Grand Slam, they know the moment, three out of five sets, they will be there. And that comes back. Like, people talked about uh, Alcaraz's endurance. It's like, you wonder, in three out of five sets, obviously he's probably working on that, but you don't know. But Alcaraz, could he be the next big thing? Uh, we will have to find out in the next few years. Another, all right, just a few more things about the NBA before we finish this episode off. John Morant injured, which is, they're already down 2-1 in the series, which is going to be very, very crucial for them. Um, no jaw, not winning the series. I mean, they got a very good team otherwise, but not against the Warriors. I mean, Jordan Poole, I haven't seen it. I did not see it. Uh, They claim... Jordan Poole claims that he didn't do it on purpose, which I I can't say one way or the other about that because I didn't see it happen. But all I got to say, I think it happened in the late stages of the game and they were down by like 30. In my opinion, why is Joss still playing? It's the playoffs. He's your best player. And you're down by 30. You're not going to win the game. Why? Why is he still playing? That's just, that's one thing I gotta say. I really hope he's okay, and I hope Jordan Poole didn't do it on purpose. But that's something that's gonna be important for them down the stretch. So, the Celtics are mad over the bad missed call in the Bucks uh, in the Bucks win the other day, which they lost by two. It would have made a difference. It was on a three pointer. Um, I'm looking at it now. That is a foul. Like, what what is he doing? Like, I'm looking at it right now. What, like, go back, go back, go back. He's literally, Drew Holiday, I'm I'm not a Celtics fan, by the way. I don't like either of these teams. But Drew Holiday literally puts his body into Marcus Smart. How is that not a foul? You cannot tell me, in the playoffs, he literally pushes his his midsection, like his core area, into Marcus Smart. And he's, and he's, he draws, whether he's really trying to shoot it or not, I don't know, but he's drawing that foul. Look at that. He, his hands are all over him. His hands are all over him. I'm looking at this multiple times again. He's like he's like going up as if he's going up. And then he gets knocked over. His landing is impeded. He's being grabbed. That is a foul. How do you miss that? I'm sorry about that. Um, But Dallas and uh, Phoenix is today as well. It is 2-1 for Phoenix, um, Miami Heat, and Philadelphia 76ers is today. I've talked about that a lot. Uh, 2-1 for the Heat as well there. 3.30 and 8 o'clock for those two games. And a little more on Carlos Alcaraz. I talked about him a little bit more, but now I'm recording the rest of this episode uh, 
in the afternoon. Um, dang, he just won. He just won Madrid. Could he? I don't think he's winning Roland Garros, but bright future. Um, but anyways, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please follow and please, please share. Um, I'm Preston Green, All Eyes on Sports. Talk to you next time on the show. Peace!